with a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George. Welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. And it is Wednesday morning, a rather gray and bleak-looking day out there, and that's basically what the forecast is, Steve. Supposed to be getting snow flurries or light snow almost all day, but it's only supposed to be about two centimeters in total, so it's not going to be very much. Fluffy stuff. Yeah. Alan Wishart in the host chair, of course. Steve on the board. Good morning, Alan. Good morning, Steve. And it, it, it it's one of those days where it's just kind of hard to get going, isn't it, really? I mean, it's just... Well, it's kind of dim and doer outside. Yeah. Waiting for something to happen. Yeah. Which hopefully is not weather-related like they've had in Vancouver. Well, things are looking a little dim. Yes. Well, I was thinking today it's kind of a, a turnaround to some extent because we keep talking about, you know, how up here we're so isolated and it's kind of nice to, you know, have modern technology where you can still get stuff done. Mm-hmm. Well, all of a sudden, Vancouver is getting that same feeling, I think, right now. Because last I heard, they were still cut off. Like, all the roads were still out leading into Vancouver, so. And that has affected, obviously, a lot of things, including... Uh, a couple of uh, hockey games this weekend, or a couple of series this weekend in the BC Elite Hockey League. Excuse me. The Vancouver Northeast Chiefs were supposed to be up in Prince George to play the U18 male Caribou Cougars, and that series has been cancelled. And the U17 Caribou Cougars were supposed to be heading down to Vancouver to play the Chiefs, and that series has been cancelled. Mm-hmm. No big surprise there. I've been checking the WHL and the BCHL websites, and I suspect there's going to be some games canceled there as well. Mm-hmm. As I mean, well as Washington is. Yes. <clears throat> I, I, I guess the one thing is, like, I don't know, I don't think the cutoffs into Vancouver are, like, like 10 miles out of the city, are they? They're further out. So if, like, say, in the BCHL, you had Chilliwack playing Langley or in the WHL, you had Chilliwack playing Vancouver, they could probably still play because they could get there. I don't think those roads are cut off. Well, Chilliwack's in a mess. Yeah. And Abbotsford's in a mess. Yes. And uh, it's been noted, like, if you don't have to, stay off off the road. Yes. Yeah, and I mean, up here at this time of year, when they say stay off the roads, it's because they're icy. Down there, it's because they don't exist right now. <laughs> now, one game that I think is still going to go ahead, I haven't heard anything about it otherwise, is actually a double-A football, double-A high school football quarterfinal game. So they're into the playoffs now. Vernon is supposed to be up here to play Dutchess Park on Saturday at 11 at Massage Place Stadium. And I'd say there's... A fairly good chance. Like, hmm. I know there's some areas down there, but I haven't heard much about Vernon itself. It's just a matter of which way they're going to come. Yeah. Yeah. Whether they leave today to make sure they can go through Jasper and get here. So one thing I know is going to take place, and it actually starts this Saturday and then runs every Saturday through until Christmas, is... Right where we are. Mm-hmm. Well, not right where we are in the studio, but in the Q3 building here at the corner of uh, Quebec and 3rd, we are holding a Christmas fair, community market every Saturday now. 
starting this Saturday, running from 8.30 until 2. Homemade crafts, Christmas gifts, unique items, jewelry, crafts, all local, of course. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, you know, I hate to say it, but Christmas is getting close. Well, you said it. I know, I know. It's still a month away, but still. Have you started your shopping? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> Am I going to shop? No. Okay. Well, the nice thing with our family is a lot of the gifts are gift cards. Mm-hmm. That's what we've been doing well, the last number of years. That seems to be a good way to go. Yeah, I mean, for me, to some extent with me, it started some years ago because... I was always told by mom and dad about the beginning of November, don't buy any more books. You might be getting something for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Well, telling me not to buy books for a month and a half. Yeah, that's yeah. You might I as mean, well. Oh, might as well put you in a padded room. I know, especially since I just knew that some of the books that I was looking at were not books that they would be thinking about picking up. Of course. So it's like, okay, do I buy it and just? Maybe they will actually buy that one. So they decided fairly quickly, gift cards. Well, you could buy the book, keep your receipt, and if you got it, well, you can return yeah. them. Yeah, but that's, just, that's kind of a hassle. And then the other thing is, of course, you open the book on Christmas, and it's kind of tough to act surprised when you've already read the book. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, Gone with the Wind. I wonder what happens. <laughs> I'd like to uh, mention our mm. qualifying soccer team. Oh. Beating Mexico last night. Yes. That was so what? that puts them right in top of their division. Yeah, heading towards the World Cup, which yeah. is next year. And that's in Qatar? I think it's Qatar, yeah. Yeah. Tiny little country of Qatar. Yes. Which got the World Cup. And there is still a lot of suspicion going on to exactly how they managed to get it because, like, it's mm. plus 40 at the time the World Cup is going to be played there. Mm-hmm. But Qatar, strangely enough, they've got a lot of oil money. Gee, yeah. I mm. wonder how they managed to convince the uh, World Cup organizing group to give them the World Cup. Hmm. Mm. And, and it's their location as well. Yes. And I guess the other thing was last night in that game... I guess it was probably a bit of a shock for the Mexicans because I saw some of the pictures and it looks like there was an awful lot of snow around the field. Like, they cleared the field off itself. Well, game time was minus 10. Ouch. (laughs) I'm going to take a wild guess and say most of the players were wearing the long leggings. Oh, yeah. Yes. But it did did hurt uh, Mexico more than the Canadians. Well, minus 10. I would think it would hurt sometimes to kick the soccer ball. Yeah, it'd be getting pretty hard. Yeah. And I, I, okay, there's a ball into the uh, box, and it doesn't look like anybody's going for a header. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's, uh, but congrats to them. Yeah, so looking good. Now, is this the final step that they're at now? I've sort of lost track because it seems like World Cup qualifying, as soon as one World Cup finishes, the next day they start the qualifying for the next one. It seems that way. Yeah. It seems that way. Yeah. But I think this I think this is the last step, isn't it? Like the last they, segment and uh yeah. if they win their if they win their group, they're in the World Cup. I mean and there's probably playoffs after that. For, and they are leading their group. Yeah. Good for them. And it must be getting pretty close to the end of the uh qualifying games there too. Mm-hmm. 
Good. Good for Canada. Yeah. But, uh, so what else we got going? Oh, of course, um, starting tomorrow night, as we've been mentioning a number of times, Theatre Northwest actually takes to the stage, if you will, with the uh, Marvelous Wonderettes. I keep wanting to say the wonderful Marvelettes, but there you no, go. that's not quite right. The Marvelous Wonderettes, and I'm still not sure, I still have not heard anything from them about whether they have any plans to change the seating, depending on what happens on Friday. Well, if Friday determines. Yeah. Because, you know, if it goes up to 50%, instead of only being able to get in 50 people. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, we were talking to um, Gordy Tentries even yesterday. Mm-hmm. Was sort, he wasn't sure what was going on in BC, I don't think, because he's from the Yukon. But his impression was that the Black Clover would probably try to get some more tables in for his show Sunday evening. And I know um, Festival of Trees starts next week, and they've already said they've sold the 50 tickets for almost all of their main events, Mm -hmm. but they've got the waiting list going. And if the word comes down that you can get more people in, they're going to start working the waiting list and getting those people in. So that'll be good. What else have we got coming up? Depends where the numbers are. Yes, and the numbers the last couple of days have actually been looking better. Better. Yeah. Like, as of this morning, I think there's only, I think there's less than 60 people in hospital in Northern Health and 16 in critical care. Well, those numbers are down. Yeah. And the BC number for how many cases there were yesterday was the lowest since, I can't remember exactly. I re- I did the story with the citizen this morning, and of course it was just on a few minutes ago. But do you think I was listening? Of again? course, no, not. no. Uh, the number of new cases yesterday in the province was the lowest in a number of months. So maybe, maybe, maybe. But and I mean, it's two days before we get the the new regulations. So yes. does it really count? Yeah, and the other thing that I'll be interested in seeing is not just the new regulations. But what her time frame is, Dr. Bonnie Henry's. Mm-hmm. Like, will she put in these new regulations but only have them in until, say, December the 11th or the 15th to kind of give people that sort of carrot and stick, if you will? Here's the new regulations. If you guys abide by them and keep going the way we are, you'll be able to do what you want at Christmas for mm-hmm. the most part. If you don't, you're going to be spending Christmas by yourself at home. Because we're going to put the regulations right back on again. Yeah. And that might not be a bad way to do it, actually. Because that seems to be the only way that some people get the idea is if you make it sort of, shall we say, worth their while to actually be intelligent. Otherwise, they don't. But it's sad that you got to go to bribery. Yeah. And, yeah. Now, one other thing, of course, that's still going and is until actually next year. You can say next year, and that sounds, wow. But then you're suddenly realizing, okay, wait a minute. That's just a little bit more than a month away. That's it. The um, exhibition, of course, at Two Rivers Gallery with the Reflections, which is, again, their collection of stuff from their permanent collection, mm-hmm. which they do. I I think we did the interview with, was it George Harris when that started? I think the curator over there. I'm pretty yeah. sure it was George. And because this is something they do every year in one way or another. They have stuff from the permanent collection. There's always a bit of a theme. And this year, 
It was reflections because they were looking back over the 35 years of the permanent collection. So they do this once a year? I believe so, yeah. I think it depends a little bit. Like, if they were able to get enough other exhibitions, exhibits, you know, that were traveling or whatever, they would probably say, okay, we'll put the permanent one, we'll put the one from our permanent collection on hold for a year. But otherwise, it's kind of nice to be able to have that in your back pocket, if you will. Well, he said they had, what, six to 700 pieces? I know. That uh, they have stored away. Yeah. And this year, of course, they made it fairly simple on themselves. Because I think he said there was the one exhibit from their permanent collection that's basically taking up almost all of one room there. So... So, again, you're thinking, wow, they've got, like, they're using both the rooms, both the main exhibit halls at Two Rivers. Well, one of them is basically one exhibit from the permanent collection. The other stuff is in the second one. Wow. So, yeah. But I keep meaning to go over there. And now that we're not doing post-to-post on Thursdays, because that, of course, is when they're open late, I might might drop by there. There you go. At some point, yeah. Because that would be something to do. And that, again, it's on now until January the 2nd. Um, and I'm pretty sure they are under, of course, the same things as everybody else. You've oh, got yeah. to have, you've got to be double vaxxed. You've got to show your passport when you go in because it is an indoor facility. And your mask. Yes. But when you're looking at artwork, it's, I don't think the mask is really that big a deal. Not really. No. Not really. As long as you're not shoulder to shoulder. No. And it's not like you're at a farmer's market or something where you're tempted to go and maybe try some of the food or something. Exactly. So, okay, we are going to take a break, and then we'll come back with more after 9. If you enjoy music from way back in the 50s and 60s, like old-time rock and roll, doo-wop, and pop songs, join me, Eric Bennett, Saturdays from 4 to 6, and now is Wayback Radio, where I play the music you enjoy from yesteryears. And join me again on Sundays from 3 to 5 for The Coffee House, as I bring you an eclectic musical mix of folk genre artists and songwriters from past and present. I'll be glad to have you listening along for both shows, and it's only here on CFIS. The Heart Pioneer Center is currently closed for dine-in lunch, but they are serving up takeout meals Monday through Friday. Call the center at 250-962-6712 between 9 and 1 to order your next day's meal. You can also leave your order on the answering machine during off hours. Pick up this month's menu at the center. For just $8, you get a great freshly cooked meal with super salad. The Heart Pioneer Center, open for takeout meals Monday through Friday. Join Two Rivers Gallery the second Sunday of each month for an in-depth tour. Led by staff and knowledgeable learning and engagement volunteers, the exhibit tour is a great way to discover the gallery while getting a better perspective and understanding of the current exhibits. That's guided tours the second Sunday of each month from 1 to 2 at Two Rivers Gallery, where creativity flows in the Canada Games Plaza. Check them out online as well at tworiversgallery.ca. Forecast from Environment Canada. Cloudy with a 70% chance of flurries today. Winds in the south at 30, gusting to 50. A high of minus 1 with an afternoon wind chill to minus 7. Periods of snow tonight. Gusting south winds continuing. All over minus 3 with a wind chill to minus 9. For Thursday, a mix of sun and cloud. More gusting south winds and a high of plus 1. This is After 9 on Prince George's Community Station. 93.1 CFIS-FM. And we are back and... 
we have a feature every month where we chat with somebody from the YMCA of Northern BC, and most of the time in the past, that was Stephanie Dial. She is no longer there, as she was mentioning last month. So this month, I, I guess you could say we're moving up a level on the ranks, aren't we? We're talking with the CEO, Amanda Alexander. Good morning, Amanda. Good morning. It's great to be with you this morning. Well, okay, I don't hear that very often. Um, now I I guess the first thing I want to talk to you about is you guys are trying to get some magic going for Simon Fraser Lodge we do we have we have um, thanks to the generosity of um, a couple of really amazing donors we were able to purchase a magic table which is called a for Taffel, and um, it is an amazing piece of technology that we have had our eyes on, and I believe that we're um, the second long-term care facility only in British Columbia that has um, the Topher Taffel. Mm-hmm. So now, what, what exactly is a Topher Taffel or a magic table? Yeah, great question. So it is essentially a multi-sensory table. So essentially it displays lights on a table where a number of people can sit around the table and engage with the games. Um, And the the games have been been well-researched over um, many different uh, types of qualitative and quantitative research Mm -hmm. studies that basically through the through the um, aspect of play, they are seeing to have a really positive um, effect on the well-being of residents um, and really help support uh, well-being um, in our residents or in residents in general. And so some of the things they've specifically seen is that um, it helps people with cognitive challenges improve their quality of life. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it breaks through apathy. It reduces sadness. It stimulates physical activity. It, it brings about social interaction and enjoyment for residents. And so uh, it's really amazing outcomes that really improve the, the quality of life um, for the residents of Simon Fraser Lodge. So now how did... Because I know you guys have, I know the YMCA of Northern BC has been involved with Simon Fraser Lodge for a long time. How did you guys find out about the Tover Tafel? Yeah, so so the YMCA um, provides uh, one service to the to Simon Fraser Lodge, which mm. is about which is recreation services, right. and so we have been doing this for a number of years, and and um, have really developed some specialized knowledge um, around working with folks in long-term care in a really um, purposeful and supportive manner. And so, um, really, it was the work of our um, of our coordinator, Cecilia Osmond, who ha- who is well connected to the up and coming um, research around. Um, working with people with cognitive impairment and identified this um, well over a year ago, but at the time there wasn't the capacity to bring it to Canada. Mm. And once once that hoop um, was uh, navigated, uh, we looked into a fundraising campaign to be able to support um, the Topher Tafel coming to the Simon Fraser Lodge. And now I'm just I just want to check on this because I think. I saw this in the most recent um, 
newsletter sent out by the council seniors, and it said that you were raising the money, but the way you were talking about it at the very beginning, it sounds like you got it done. Yeah, so we were, uh, the attempt, the, the, the thinking was that we would, you know, raise the dollars um, over a course of time to be able to achieve the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, literally, we have, we had a family who has um, a family member at Simon Fraser Lodge who saw our uh, um, advertising campaign or fundraising mm-hmm. campaign and said, we want to make this happen. And they did. <laughs> So you guys were left with all this planning for the fundraising campaign and nothing to do with it. Well, you know, we we appreciate people learning about the value of what the Topher Tapel provides yeah. for our residents, but it also allows us to support the continual upgrades to mm-hmm. the games that are um, able to be provided, and so we can continue to fundraise so that we can keep um, we can keep that fresh um, and engaging for the residents as they as there are um, new games that are added. Mm-hmm. Uh, each and every year. So I had the chance personally, actually, of, of, of playing on the table. And I have to say, it was really fun. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I can, you know, and I can say, you know, from having a mom who, you know, lived in a home mm-hmm. and had a cognitive impairment, I can really see the value of doing something where you feel successful. Yeah. And that's so important um, to, to the quality of life. And the, 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 the games and the way they're geared are fun and engaging and so for example one is like a leaf game and there's a bunch of leaves that um that you can sweep and move off the table there's a there's a, um an aquarium one and and so the your engagement and there's sort of like no no right or wrong so mm-hmm. you're, you're feeling successful it just you can see your actions then um determine what like what next happens so cause and effect and i'm doing something oh this happens and uh, all sorts of neat, uh, neat pieces like matching games and being able to create a puzzle and 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 so yeah, really doing some amazing um, affirmations about um, success. And I guess the the people can work together as well, can't they? Because you were saying there's usually a number of people on the table. Are they each playing their own separate game, or are they all sort of combining on one? Yeah, you're right. So it's collaborative, which uh-huh. is really nice. So that's also what builds that social engagement, too. So allows family members something really fun to engage with mm-hmm. when they're, when they're, um, uh, visiting their, their family members, their friends. Um, but it also allows the residents to work together on it. And so it can, it, it, it definitely has a really neat, um, social engagement aspect of it too which which they residents really enjoy Mm -hmm. and family members really enjoy too now is this something a little bit different for the ymca in terms of fundraising for a specific piece of equipment because it seems like you guys most of your fundraising is just sort of shall we say general Mm, so we do run our we do strongly promote our annual campaign. Yeah. Uh, it's our Strong Kids campaign. And out of that, we, we fund a number of different um, causes. So mm-hmm. basically the things that we're, we're doing because we feel like they're, they're important things in our community to do, but we don't have the funds. Um, we aren't funded by government to be able yeah. to do that. So, for example, one out of every five members, we uh, provide subsidy to because we feel that we know the, that income should not be a barrier to health and wellness. 
Um, so that wouldn't be a piece of equipment, for example. We mm-hmm. um, we also fund the Beyond the Bell program at Glenview Elementary, which is supporting children from low-income families who um, in an after-school program to support them academically, socially, physically, and um, and that's 100% philanthropically funded. So, again, not a piece of equipment, um, but we did at some point, but we didn't do a fundraising campaign, but in the midst of COVID, with the children who attend the Beyond the Bell program, um, we supported through our annual campaign access to iPads so that they could we can continue to do that homework support when we had to all, you know, move into a, a virtual world. But, yeah, it, it's most of our fundraising has really been about supporting our non-funded programs as opposed to, you're right, this is a very specific um, piece of equipment that we were looking to bring in. Okay, Amanda, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk some more about what's happening at the YMCA of Northern BC after 9. Standing up against racism is an ongoing battle. How will you help? Everyone should be treated equally, and the legal system should work for the people, not against them. Every day, our network of supporters, lawyers, and educators from across the country continue to fight against injustice and oppression, both in and outside of the courtroom and at all levels of government. This message is brought to you by the Canadian Anti-Racism Youth Coalition. Visit caryc.ca for more information about how you can stand up and speak out. The Indigenous Sport, Physical Activity and Recreation Council is seeking bids for communities to host 2022 Provincial Championships. These events provide a unique opportunity for Indigenous athletes and coaches to compete in events that promote sport excellence while celebrating cultural unity and pride. To apply or for full details, visit ispark.ca. The Indigenous Sport, Physical Activity and Recreation Council looking for 2022 Provincial Championship hosts. Application deadline is 4 p.m. January 12th. Vantage Point's Board Diversity and Inclusion Workshop equips board members with tools to create a culture that actively embraces a spectrum of voices and lived experience. On November 23rd, not-for-profit board members and executive directors will explore tools to bring diversity and inclusion into their board. Registration and full details are available through the vantagepoint.ca. Board Diversity and Inclusion, Tuesday, November 23rd from 1 to 4 through the vantagepoint.ca. Children ages 5 to 12 can climb, jump and slide at two new playgrounds in Prince George. The latest addition to the city's play areas are in Seymour Park on Ellison Drive and St. John Park in Upper College Heights. Both parks include double tower and tot friendly slides, two bay swing sets, climbing structures and saddle spinners. To view amenities and get directions to these and other city playgrounds, visit the city's playgrounds webpage at princegeorge.ca/playgrounds. You're listening to After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. So Amanda Alexander, the CEO of the YMCA of Northern BC, we were talking before the break about um, different programs that are happening at the Y, and I'm thinking, are almost all the programs now back to what we will call normal most of our programs are. Mm-hmm. Um, we ha- are still working around, you know, making sure we're in compliance with public health orders around um, groups um, and numbers of, of participants that we bring into each particular group. That's more so in our community health programs, um, but um, our services are pretty close to what what they existed to, aside from you know mask requirements mm-hmm. and. Um, 
So I'm guessing you, like most people, are really waiting to hear what comes down on Friday in terms of any changes to the provincial health orders. Mm, absolutely. I mean, certainly um, the YMCA has... Um, you know, had to pivot and to, you know, and um, make adjustments certainly along the way, particularly in the health, fitness and aquatics uh, area. We've had to be really mindful of, of ensuring that we're um, in compliance and re- respecting the guidelines. And we want to make sure that you know, everyone who comes to our facilities and programs um, is doing that in the safest way possible. Now, with some of the more community-oriented events, if you will, I'm thinking especially of things like the Foundry, are you still doing some of that remotely? And is that something you're now realizing actually works better for some people, is doing it remotely? Uh, I think options are really um, helpful. And so for some people, um, you know, being face-to-face and being able to have that kind of connection in person is really important. And for others, transportation may be a barrier or... Um, you know, not having um, a person to actually go with and um, a greater sense of feeling of confidentiality around, um, you know, no one will potentially see me or, you know, the mm-hmm. convenience of, of doing that, you know, over a phone or, um, you know, virtually. Um, so I think we've really gained to under, come to understand really clearly that options are better for people. And so we do have our Foundry Health Centers open mm-hmm. from 11 to 5. And um, as always, and really important to the Foundry model, the walk-in service, you know, no appointment mm-hmm. necessary. So when youth are feeling um, that they're needing to access services or wanting to access services, that so the door is open, but that also at a click or at a phone call, you can connect to someone virtually as well. Okay, now one thing I want to talk about, because Steve and I were talking about this a little bit earlier, and it's a horrible thing to be talking about, but Christmas is coming. (laughs) It is coming. Now, does the Y have any Christmas events scheduled, or is that possibly going to depend on what happens on Friday as well? Well, I can tell you that uh, it's been a tradition um, in our lobby at the Prince George Family Y to have our um, YAP, or Youth Around yeah. Prince, which is a service that we provide for youth at risk, the giving tree. So we, we put a tree, we decorate a tree in our lobby, and then we hang um, ornaments. And so the youth that access, the at-risk youth that access our programs will identify a, a Christmas gift that, that might help them. So whether yeah. that might be a backpack or a hoodie or something like that. And um, and so folks can come in and grab that ornament and then um, purchase that for youth at risk and then um, drop that off. Um, and then we, we give them to all our youth at risk. So it's a great way to be able to, to give gifts um, at this time of year. Yeah. And so that's just, you were saying that's in the foyer, if you will, of the main YMCA, correct? That's correct. Okay. Now, one other thing. I was thinking memberships for the Y. Great Christmas gifts. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I've been thinking about since the time change, which seemed to really connect this this year with our, like, you know, we always expect it, but here it is, snow again, right? And, um, you know, what a lovely opportunity now to be in a... to engage um, with a, you know, a fitness routine at ours that might feel a little bit more... 
uh, safer and more comfortable. And so we have some great membership promotions right now that coexist with, which would make great Christmas gifts. Yeah. So there is the 12 days of Christmas. So you can try the Prince George Family Y for a free 12-day trial. And so you can just come in and sign up for that. And that um, special is available until December 31st. Mm -hmm. For any current Y members, they can get the gift of health, where they can get 12 complimentary single-visit passes to share with friends and family. So how great if you are a current member that you can then um, seek out your friends and family to come with you and, you know, try out the Y and you can hang out together, which is always um, a great piece. Or there's also gift cards. Mm-hmm. You know, GCs, and that's a great thing to maybe put in someone's stocking stuffer. And we always know those New Year's resolutions come, and what a great opportunity because the YMCA not only offers a great place for families to work out, but also a great place to connect, and we all need that these days. Yeah, I, I was thinking about this, about membership's making great presents, but then I was also thinking, okay, you got to do it in a way where the other person doesn't get the wrong idea about why you're <laughs> offering them a gift for fitness. <laughs> To come work out with me because I yes. need company, right? Okay, you yes. Know, I want or I appreciate being able to work out with my friends, right? Yeah, I okay. think that, that there's something really, like framing it up that way. You're right. You need to be sensitive about how we how we frame up a, a gifted membership. But part of it is, you know, I'd love to work out with you. Yeah. Now, if people want more information about all the programs the Y offers, if they want to find out how to register for these things, how do they go about doing it, Amanda? Yeah, so there's lots of great information on our website, uh, nbc.ynca.ca. We have a we have great social media following with um, Facebook and Instagram, um, and or certainly call us two five zero five six two nine three four one. Okay, Amanda Alexander, the CEO of the YMCA of Northern BC. Thank you very much for taking the time to bring us up to date on what's happening over there. Thanks, Alan. It was great to be able to chat with you this morning. Okay, take another quick break and be back with more after 9. The Regional District of Fraser Fort George is warning the public about a current telephone scam. Note that the Regional District never asks for social insurance or credit card numbers by phone. If you receive a call, text, or email asking for this information, please report the incident to the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre. If you receive a call from the Regional District that you're unsure of, hang up, Call their main office at 250-960-4400 and ask to be directed to the appropriate department. The successful aqua classes from OceanWise are back with brand new interactive curriculum-focused content for grades K to 12. The new live workshops guided by OceanWise experts focus on inquiry-based learning with an environmental and climate change focus. Students will be playing mini-games, leading their own discussion, and enjoying some surprises along the way. More information as well as registration links are available under education at aquablog.ca. It's the aqua classes you know and love online from Ocean Wise. The Grizzly Bear Foundation is continuing their fight to give orphaned cubs a second chance at life in the wild. Now is the perfect time to show your support. Donations through the end of the month will be matched with 100% of money raised going directly to help get orphaned grizzly cubs back to the wild. To make a donation, search for Project Rewild at CanadaHelps.org. For full details on Project Rewild, visit grizzlybearfoundation.com. 
Forecast from Environment Canada. Cloudy with a 70% chance of flurries today. Winds in the south at 30, gusting to 50. A high of minus 1 with an afternoon wind chill to minus 7. Periods of snow tonight. Gusting south winds continuing. A low of minus 3 with a wind chill to minus 9. For Thursday, a mix of sun and cloud. More gusting south winds and a high of plus 1. Keeping you up to date on current news and events in and around Prince George. This is After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. And now I know this is on radio, so nobody can see this, but my next guest is wearing a kilt and the sporting and everything else. You betcha. Yeah. And now I've got to make sure, I, because the last time I interviewed you, yes. you had a different title. You're now Major Neil yes. Wilkinson with the Prince George Salvation Army. Which in Salvation Army world, that just means I'm getting about the same age as dirt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so in the Salvation Army, there are eight ranks. Okay. And four of the ranks are based upon your length of service, and the other four ranks are based upon the responsibilities that you have. So there's cadet, yeah. uh, lieutenant, captain, and major. And those are all based upon length of service. So if you become a major in the Salvation Army, it just means that you've been around since the time of Methuselah. And they haven't kicked you out yet. And they haven't kicked me out yet, no. right? Or run me well, out of town or yeah. anything like that. And then after that, because everybody will need to know what the other four ranks are. So but there's yes. lieutenant colonel, colonel, commissioner, and general. And the general, there's only one of those yes. in the entire world, and that is our equivalent of the Pope, the international leader of yeah. the Salvation Army. So, and see, I know who the very first general was. Oh, William Booth, you the betcha. founder of the Salvation Army. The founders, absolutely. Yes. Actually, the current general of the Salvation Army is General Brian Peddle. He is a Canadian Ooh. Salvation Army officer, so he is at the helm of the International Salvation wow. Army, overseeing the work of 132 countries. Wow. Now, is he still based in Canada then, or does he have to move to Salvation Army headquarters, I think, are probably still in London? London, England, England yeah. yeah. So his office is in London, England, and oh, wow. he gets to... He gets to oversee what's going on from from overseas. And amaze people with this strange accent that he's got. The wonderful... Uh. No, because he's not only Canadian, but he is an East Coaster. He is from Newfoundland. Oh, brother. So, so, he so he's got a really great Canadian accent, I will tell you. So he must he must have to have a translator with him then at all occasions in London. Well, I have to say he's done a very good job of overcoming the... Uh, thickness of his oh. East Coast accent. So he speaks very, very well. Good. <laughs> now, one thing I was going to ask for is we said the Prince George Salvation Army. That's the name of the, that's the official name of... Of the local expression, yeah. yes, yes. Now, I'm guessing, though, you guys don't just say, okay, we've reached the sign that says city limits... We don't go any further. No, no, no. So no. Uh, we actually uh, – there's so there's 10 Salvation Army expressions across the north, and we've kind of set some, uh, I guess, <laughs> parameters of which uh, Salvation Army situation serves which region. Right. So for us in Prince George, our service area goes from Valmont to Burns Lake. You know the the stoplight okay. yeah. right at uh, the uh, Superstore in Burns Lake? Okay. That's the dividing line because then the Bulkley Valley Salvation Army takes, takes up over. the torch from there. Okay. And so then we go – so that's the east-west yeah. boundary. And then the north-south boundary is Hickson, which is kind of where we divide the line yeah. between Gosh. Prince George and Quinell. Right. And then Bear Lake oh. in the north. So – that is wow. that is our catchment area of, of yeah. people that we 
try to be there for. And I know for those that are living in, you know, outside of the city limits, it's a bit of a challenge to be able to access Salvation Army services. Yeah. But we're there. Yeah. And, and we try to be there. And I mean, where it really comes into play is if there's any time where the Salvation Army's emergency disaster services mm-hmm. are called out. I mean, we've just been everywhere. Oh, yeah. And depending on the impact, I mean, right now we are on standby with our emergency disaster services because if they run out of the Salvation Army support vehicles in the lower mainland with mm-hmm. everything that's going on right now, then we could be deployed to go and support what's going on in the rest yeah. of the province. As far as far as you can, yes. given that all the roads are out. <laughs> exactly. Which means that we might have to go, you know, convoluted yeah. ways to get there. But yeah. now, <laughs> I'm hoping not. One quick question just almost totally off the topic. You were saying at the stoplight in Burns Lake. Yes. Now, I worked in Burns Lake for a couple of years at the newspaper there. And I'm trying to remember where that is exactly because I know there's that – I think in Burns Lake, there's still that horrible switchback, yeah, there's isn't the, there? there's that little dipsy doodle Not, through the middle of town. So, no, so it's on the east side of town, okay, the first so you, stoplight when you're coming into town. And the reason okay. why we set that light as the boundary yeah. is because depending on the natural disaster, the, mm-hmm. the, the terms of what's going on, it could be easier to get support from the Bulkley Valley to the community rather than from Prince George to the community, depending yeah. on the situation. So we kind of... And they're not hard, fast rules. They're no. just kind of guidelines, right? I mean, when there was the wildfires a couple of years ago, I don't think you guys said, okay, we have to stop at this spot. It was like, no. Yeah. They need help. So, it, And 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 it depends on which direction, outside mm. of emergency disaster services, it depends on which direction people go uh, for uh. their regular supplies, right? right? So if you're in need and you live in Burns Lake and you go to Smithers, mm-hmm. well, Salvation Army and Smithers would take care of those okay. needs, right? But if you're yeah. in Burns Lake and you come to Prince George, well, then we would be there to support as best we can as well. Yeah, because I know the one community that was like that, and again, because I worked in Burns Lake and in Vanderhoof, Fraser Lake, of course, was always an interesting situation because half the people there went to Burns Lake for things, the other half went to Vanderhoof for things, and us in the Vanderhoof, us in Vanderhoof and the Burns Lake paper, we never really got into fights, but we would sometimes have discussions about, okay, well, who's covering this story <laughs> exactly. in Fraser Lake? Exactly. Well, and that's, that's why in we, your that's, guys' area, so. And that's why we kind of have loosely defined areas yeah. of where we go to support. And again, it always depends on what the need is and, and whatnot. Because we, even though we have local expressions of the Salvation Army, mm-hmm. We really try to celebrate the fact that we're part of not only a national, but an international organization. And one of the reasons why I was drawn to become clergy in the Salvation Army is because the Salvation Army is one of the few organizations, uh, not saying that there isn't other organizations, no. other, but one of the few organizations that actually puts their money where their mouth is. And if they say they're going to help somebody, they help somebody regardless of their circumstances, mm-hmm. right? Now, of course, there's always stewardship issues. There's, if, if you're depending on Salvation Army supports month after month, year after year, and then there's questions that are going to yeah. be asked, but there's still no discrimination and, and no. that's near and dear to my heart. And so the Salvation Army aligns really well with my own personal values mm-hmm. and beliefs, which is why I do what I do. And part of it is the international focus while still maintaining a 100% local flavor, mm-hmm. right? So, 
It's it's really it, it's a privilege. And I mean, for the Salvation Army and Prince George, this is our hundredth anniversary ah. year. Yeah. So wow. in May we had our virtual celebrations. We were yeah. hoping for a big party. <laughs> We had planned that we were going to try to figure out how to do uh, some kind of a carnival for the community, that right. kind of thing. But of course, COVID kind of got in the way, so Details. we ended up, yeah. yeah. We so we switched over to um, a virtual celebration, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it was it was a really it was a decent way for us to celebrate a hundred years of ministry yeah. in the in Prince George through the Salvation Army. But so. the carnival, I guess, doesn't really work though, well, because doing a dunk tank virtually just doesn't have the same effect. No, not at all. Well, and I'm not sure how well you know Major Neil in a kilt in a dunk tank would go over as well. So maybe it was a good thing. Isn't that where you get some of your underlings, if you will? I don't know. There's something something visceral about seeing the, the leader of an organization going for the dunk, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We're going to go to a quick break. Sure. Come back and talk some more about the Salvation Army with major Neil Wilkinson after nine. In the spirit of their current exhibition, Reflections, a meditation on 35 years of collecting, Two Rivers Gallery invites you to be the curator. Arrange artworks on a magnetic wall and learn more about their permanent collection in this interactive activity. Share a photo of your finished display using the hashtag DIY Gallery and tagging at Two Rivers Gallery on Instagram and Facebook. It's your very own DIY Gallery, a fun and engaging activity from Two Rivers Gallery, where creativity flows in the Canada Games Plaza. Does your not-for-profit organization foster an atmosphere for healthy and productive conflict? Conflict can bring forward new ideas and perspectives to strengthen an organization when it's approached with care. On December 7th, Vantage Point's Conflict and Challenging Conversations covers how to embrace productive conflict and develop key skills to resolve unproductive conflict. Registration and full details are available through thevantagepoint.ca. Conflict and Challenging Conversations, Tuesday, December 7th, from 9 to noon, through thevantagepoint.ca. The Northern BC Tourism and Film Office is happy to announce three one-time tuition-free motion picture training programs funded by the province of BC and the federal government. The courses are motion picture lighting, motion picture grip, and motion picture set construction, with online sessions from December 13th to February 4th, and in-person hands-on training in Prince George, February 15th to 25th. Registration and full details are available in the Trades and Technical section through the programs link at nic.bc.ca. Tickets are on sale now for Festival of Trees 2021, a homegrown Christmas. This year's festival is at the Civic Centre from November 26th to December 5th with their cornerstone events like the Canadian Tire Fashion Show and Northland Dodge Santa Breakfast set to return. Only 50 tickets are being sold for each event, but a wait list will be created in anticipation of restrictions being eased on Friday. For ticket availability, call the Spirit of the North Healthcare Foundation office at 250-565-2515. It's after 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. So Major Neil Wilkinson of the Prince George Salvation Army. COVID hopefully starting to come to an end. How many of the Salvation Army programs are still really affected by COVID and how many have sort of gotten back to somewhere close to normal? Sure. So we... Everything's still affected yes. by oh, COVID, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. So our recycling and thrift store ministries, mm-hmm. um, they've kind of gone back to 
normal-ish. Yeah, I'm quotes. using air quotes yes. as I'm saying that. Uh, of course, people still need to be masked yeah. in, in indoor spaces and those kinds of things. But th- So that's up and running. Yeah. Our food bank, um, that one's been weighing heavy on my heart mm-hmm. because we can only permit one guest into the food bank at a time. Okay. And so we're getting to the cold weather now yeah. and the lineups in the summertime outside the building were concerning. Yeah. But now but- that we're getting the cold weather hitting... It's breaking my heart to see our guests, the people that we love, having to wait outside in the cold while yeah. they wait for their turn to come into the food bank. And at so, at least at this point so far, we haven't really been cold, cold. Thank God. Yes. But it's one of those things that it's coming. It could we happen. know it's yep. coming, right? So, yeah. I'm really hoping that there are some um, easing of some of the restrictions in yes. order to be able to have some indoor gathering space mm-hmm. because. I, I just, it, it breaks my heart to have people wait out in the cold. Yeah. And I have to say that people are truly understanding. We've gotten through to this point and, and we're past the, the angriness yeah. and we're now into a, an acceptance. And, and when people realize and recognize that our staff and volunteers are doing the very, very best they can, it, it kind of makes things a little bit more palatable. And I'm really hoping for some good news coming soon. Yes. Yeah. So, right. so, so that's kind of where we are with the social side of things. Mm. Of course, with the church side of things, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're hoping for in-person services mm. again. for Christmas. We've been yeah. on again, off again for the I last know. couple of years. And, um, I'm really concerned not only for my congregation, but I'm watching the emotional, mental, spiritual, effect on all of society. Mm-hmm. And when I start hearing people getting angry with one another, when I hear almost hatred showing up in the public setting because of the ongoing pandemic response, yeah. it causes me great consternation because it shows that it's having the pandemic response, while necessary, is having an eroding effect on mm-hmm. people's emotional, mental, spiritual well-being. And at some point, we've got to get to the point where we not only are keeping people safe physically, but we need to start attending to those those hurts because Mm -hmm. on the long term, some of those emotional, mental, spiritual struggles could last longer than the pandemic response. So, So I'm really concerned about that. And, and I mean, uh, I think the biggest impact that we're having is that I, the Salvation Army has adopted a mandatory vaccination policy oh, for our staff, right. for our volunteers, for, uh, for anybody who's working inside or with Salvation mm-hmm. Army facilities. And I, I applaud the Salvation Army because they've made that stance, recognizing as well the great challenges that come with taking that stance. The, the Salvation Army is doing its very best with the, uh, with its resources available mm-hmm. and making the policy to keep people safe, I think is the right move. And also on the same token, we recognize that some people who may not be able to or are choosing not to get vaccinated, that that would exclude them from being able to uh, continue to mm-hmm. volunteer or work with the Salvation Army. And that's become a concern, yeah. right? Um, and so we're, we're walking that delicate line between caring and loving and keeping people safe and we're working through it together. And, and, but again, it's one of those things that has a long lasting emotional, mental, yeah. spiritual impact. 
And so how do we, how do we love and care while still people keeping, but while still keeping people physically safe as well. Now you were saying volunteers at Salvation Army facilities. Yes, is a Christmas kettle considered a facility? It is. Has a nice little segue. I into- see that. <laughs> well done, Mister Wishart. <laughs> yes. So um, that's one of the impacts that we're mm-hmm. seeing this year in recruiting volunteers. We have yeah. had so many dedicated volunteers who support the Salvation Army at Christmas time by volunteering at the Salvation Army Christmas Kettles. And it's a great way for volunteers to support the charity. But even more so, it's a great way for volunteers to bring hope to the wider community because standing at those Christmas Kettles is not just about getting people to make a donation, although that's important, but it's about bringing hope. It's about bringing Christmas cheer. And we... The world so desperately needs that yeah. right now. Not just the most vulnerable people of our of our everybody. city. Everybody needs that hope. Yeah. And so we're we're struggling to find volunteers this year. Mm-hmm. I think partially because of the ongoing pandemic response, yeah. partially because of the the mandatory vaccinations that are required. Mm-hmm. But it's also super important that we are successful in the fundraising and the community building effort because. Salvation Army in Prince George is locally funded. We yes. we don't receive outside money outside the community. We've had a few grants that we've applied mm-hmm. for to help support. But again, that's the initiative of the local Salvation Army reaching out to yes. try to get the funding that we need to keep doing the services that we do. And so the Christmas season fundraising is so critical because that provides for such a huge portion of the ongoing work that we do throughout the year. Yeah. So now, if people want to volunteer, A, they've got to be able to show you guys the passport, yes. obviously. But how would how do they go about doing it? Like, can they drop by so that they can just show you the passport right off the bat and sign up right away? Absolutely. Or? And okay. we've actually, year after year, we've made it really simple. We have mm-hmm. a phone number that yeah. is just dedicated for ah, Christmas response, right. which is 250 596 Hope. Oh, okay. Two five zero five nine six four six seven three. Okay, is is what the hope yeah. translates into. But again, everything that we do in the local Salvation Army is all about bringing some kind of transforming relationship into the world. Whether mm-hmm. we're serving the most vulnerable, whether we're serving those that are part of the recycling piece, mm-hmm. the thrift store piece. The Christmas cheer, everything that we do is rooted in that bringing that sense of hope. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we're really hoping that we can get back into every Christmas in the past, except for the last Christmas. Yes. Because of the pandemic response, the Salvation Army brings, uh, sunshine bags, a mm. small gift yeah. of encouragement to every hospital bed, every mm-hmm. nursing home bed in the city, yeah. every prison bed mm-hmm. in the city so that we're we're constantly trying to bring that level of hope to every vulnerable sector across the community. Okay. And last year it was heartbreaking because we could couldn't do those things. No. And and I'm hoping that this year that there's some kind of an expression where we can 
engage in the community mm-hmm. in that way because it's such an amazing thing to bring somebody uh, a calendar or a teddy bear yeah. or a chocolate something that just lifts their spirits even for a moment chocolate yeah okay never mind. <laughs> Talk, don't yeah. get distracted Alan. No, okay. <laughs> major neil wilkinson salvation army i think we're going to keep in touch more often so i can get used to saying major uh, it, you know it I, i've been a major now for this is my third year wow. being major but i was a captain for yeah. 15 years and I can't get used to the fact that that's my new title now. So I don't blame you one bit for trying to get used to it. Okay. Um, Wrap it up there. Tomorrow, of course, um, Trudy Claussen hosting. I'm back next Tuesday and Wednesday. One of my guests on Tuesday, as it is every month, will be uh, Kaylee Vandermeer from Books and Company. One thing we won't be talking about is their gift certificate sale. Because that's happening this weekend. So it's a little bit awkward to talk about it next week. And it, it's something they've done before. Uh, you buy a $100 gift certificate, and it only costs you 80 bucks. So if you've got somebody, uh, Mom, if you're listening, uh, if you've got somebody in your house who loves books, this is a great way to do it. It's on Thursday through Saturday at Books & Company. That'll do it for today's show. As I was saying, Trudy Claussen is hosting tomorrow after 9. After 9 is a daily presentation of CFIS-FM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Echo Wiley, Trudy Klassen, and Ress Krebs. Executive producer is Reg Fair, with technical assistance from Stephen Smith. Additional contributors include CBC News and the National Campus and Community Radio Association. Theme music is by The Ebbs. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfis. CFISFM at yahoo.ca. This is 93.1 CFISFM.